Chapter Sixteen, Part Two of Mrs. Warren's Daughter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Mrs. Warren's Daughter by Sir Harry Johnston. Chapter Sixteen, Brussels and the War, nineteen fourteen, Part Two. Leaving Mrs. Warren still seated, but a little less stertorous in breathing, a little reassured. Vivie and Oberst von Gieslin then went over the villa apportioning the rooms. The colonel and his orderly would be lodged in two of the bedrooms. Vivie and her mother would share Mrs. Warren's large bedroom and retain the salon for their exclusive occupation. They would use the dining-room in common with their guest. Vivie, looking out of the windows occasionally as they passed from room to room, saw the remainder of the soldiery strolling off to be lodged at their nearest neighbours, the farmer who had driven them into Brussels that morning. There were perhaps thirty accompanying a young lieutenant. How would he find room for them, poor man? They were more fortunate in being asked only to lodge six or seven, in addition to the colonel's orderly and soldier clerk. Before sunset the Via Beausejour was clear of soldiers, except the few that had gone to the barn and the outhouses. The morning-room had been fitted up with a typewriter at which the military clerk sat tapping. The colonel's personal luggage had been placed in his bedroom. A soldier was even sweeping up all traces of the invasion of armed men, and making everything tidy. It all seemed like a horrid dream that was going to end up happily after all. Presently Vivie would wake up completely, and there would even be no Oberst, no orderly, only the peaceful life of the farm that was going on yesterday. Here a sound of angry voices interrupted her musings. The cows, returning by themselves from the pasture, were being intercepted by soldiers who were trying to secure them. Vivie, in her indignation, ran out and ordered the soldiers off in English. To her surprise they obeyed silently, but as they sauntered away to their quarters she was saddened at seeing them carrying the bodies of most of the turkeys and fowls, and even the corpse of the poor tailless peacock. They had waited for sundown to rob the hen-roosts. Very much disillusioned, she ran to the morning-room and burst in on the colonel's dictation to his clerk. "'Excuse me, but if you don't keep your soldiers in better order, you will have very little to eat whilst you are here. They are killing and carrying off all our poultry.' The colonel flushed a little at the peremptory way in which she spoke, but without replying went out and shouted a lot of orders in German. His orderly summoned soldiers from the barn, and together they drove the cows into the cowsheds. All the Flemish servants having disappeared in a panic, the Germans had to milk the cows that evening, and Vivie, assisted by the orderly, cooked the evening meal in the kitchen. He was, like the colonel, a Saxon, a pleasant-featured, domesticated man, who explained civilly in the Thuringian dialect, though to Vivie there could be no discrimination between varieties of high German, that the Saxon folk were eines gutes Leute, and that all would go smoothly in time. Nevertheless, the next morning, when she could take stock, she found nearly all the poultry except the pigeons had disappeared, and most of the apples, ripe and unripe, had vanished from the orchard-trees. The female servants of the farm, however, came back, and, finding no violence was offered, took up their work again. 
Two days afterwards von Giesselin sent Vivian to Brussels in his motor with his orderly to escort her, so that she might deposit her valuables at a bank. She found Brussels, suburbs and city alike, swarming with grey-uniformed soldiers, most of whom looked tired and despondent. Those who were on the march, thinking Vivie must be the wife of some German officer of high rank, struck up a dismal chant from dry throats with a refrain of Gloria Victoria Hoch, Deutschland Hoch. At the bank the Belgian officials received her with deference. Apart from being the daughter of the well-to-do Mrs. Warren, she was English, and seemed to impose respect even on the Germans. They took over her valuables, made out a receipt, and cashed a fairly large cheque in ready money. Vivie then ventured to ask the bank clerk who had seen to her business if he had any news. Looking cautiously round, he said the rumours going through the town were that the Queen of Holland, enraged that her prince consort should have facilitated the crossing of Limburg by German armies, had shot him dead with a revolver that the crown prince of germany despairing of a successful end of the war had committed suicide at his father's feet that the american consul-general in brussels to whom by the by vivie ought to report herself and her mother in order to come under his protection had notified general sixt von arnim commanding the army in brussels that unless he vacated the belgian capital immediately england would bombard hamburg and the united states would declare war on the kaiser alluring stories like these flitted through despairing brussels during the first two months of german occupation though vivie in her solitude at tervoren seldom heard them after her business at the bank she walked about the town no one took any notice of her or annoyed her in any way the restaurants seemed crowded with belgians as well as germans and the belgians did not seem to have lost their appetites the palace hotel had become a german officers club on all the public buildings the german imperial flag hung alongside the belgian only a few of the trams were running yet you could still buy without much difficulty at the kiosks belgian and even french and british newspapers from these she gathered that the german forces were in imminent peril between the belgian antwerp army on the north and the british army advancing from the south and that in the plains of alsace the french had given the first public exhibition of the new turpin explosive the results had been foudroyant and simple complete regiments of german soldiers had been destroyed in one minute it seemed curious she thought that with such an arm as this the french command did not at once come irresistibly to the rescue of brussels however it was four o'clock and there was her friend the enemy's automobile drawn up outside the bank awaiting her she got in and the soldier chauffeur whirled her away to the via beau séjour beyond Tervoren on her return she found her mother prostrate with bad news their nearest neighbour farmer utkens who had driven them into brussels the preceding day had been executed in his own orchard only an hour ago it seemed that the lieutenant in charge of the soldiers billeted there had disappeared in the night leaving his uniform and watch and chain behind him the farmer's story was that in the night the lieutenant had appeared in his room with a revolver and had threatened to shoot him unless he produced a suit of civilian clothes 
thus coerced he had given him his eldest son's sunday clothes left behind when the said son went off to join the belgian army the lieutenant grateful for the assistance had given him as a present his watch and chain on the other hand the german non-commissioned officers insisted their lieutenant had been made away with in the night the farmer's allegation that he had deserted as in fact he had only enhanced his crime the finding of the court after a very summary trial was guilty and despite the frantic appeals of the wife reinforced later on by mrs warren the farmer had been taken out and shot the evening meal consequently was one of strained relations colonel von geeslin came to supper punctually and was very spruce in appearance but he was gravely polite and uncommunicative and after dessert the two ladies asked permission to retire they lay long awake afterwards debating in whispers what terror might be in store for them mrs warren cried a good deal and lamented futilely her indolent languor of a few days previously why had she not while there was yet time cleared out of brussels gone to holland and thence regained england with vivie and from england the south of france vivie more stoical pointed out it was no use crying over lost opportunities here they were and they must sharpen their wits to get away at the first opportunity perhaps the american consul might help them the next morning however their guest who had insensibly turned host told vivie the tram service to brussels like the train service was suspended indefinitely and that he feared they must resign themselves to staying where they were under his protection they had nothing to fear he was sorry the soldiers had helped themselves so freely to the livestock but everything had now settled down henceforth they would be sure of something to eat as he himself had got to be fed and all he asked of them was their agreeable society two months went by of this strange life two months in which vivie only saw german newspapers which she read with the aid of von geeslin their contents filled her with despair they made very little of the marne rebuff much of the capture of antwerp and ostend and the occupation of all belgium as they put it vivie noted that the german emperor's heart had bled for the punishment inflicted on louvain she wondered how that strange personality her father had fared in the destruction of monastic buildings but she had then no true idea of what had taken place and the far-reaching harm this crime had done to the german reputation she noted that the german press expressed disappointment that the cause of germany the crusade against albion had received no support from the irish nationalists or from the revolting women the suffragettes who had been so cruelly maltreated by the administration of asquith and sir grey this point was discussed by the colonel but vivie found herself speaking as a patriot how could the germans expect british women to turn against their own country in its hour of danger then you would not said von geeslin consent to write some letters to your friends if i said i could have them sent safely to their destination only letters he added hastily seeing her nostrils quiver and a look come into her eyes to ask your suffrage friends to bring pressure to bear on their government to bring this dreadful war to a just peace that is all we ask 
but vivie said with all her own private grudge against the present ministry she felt au fond she was british she must range herself in time of war with her own people mrs warren went much farther she was not very voluble nowadays the german occupation of her villa had given her a mental and physical shock from which she never recovered she often sat quite silent and rather huddled at meal-times and looked the old woman now in such a conversation as this she roused herself and her voice took an aggressive tone my daughter write to her friends to ask them to obstruct the government at such a time as this never i'd disown her if she did i'd repudiate her she may have had her own turn-up with em i was quite with her there but that so to speak was only a domestic quarrel we're british all through and don't you forget it sir she added deprecatingly british all through and we're going to beat germany yet you'll see the british navy never has been licked nor won't be this time colonel von Giesselin did not insist he seemed depressed himself at times and far from elated at the victories announced in his own newspapers he would in the dreary autumn evenings show them the photographs of his wife a sweet-looking woman and his two solid-looking handsome children and talk with rapture of his home life why indeed was there this war his heart like his emperor's bled for these unhappy belgians but it was all due to the machiavellian policy of sir grey and asquith if germany had not felt herself surrounded and barred from all future expansion of trade and influence she would not have felt forced to attack france and invade belgium why see all the time they were talking barbarous russia egged on by england was ravaging east prussia then in other moods he would lament the war and the policy of prussia how he had loved england in the days when he was military attache there he had once wanted to marry an Englishwoman, a Miss Fraser, a so handsome daughter of a court physician. "'Why, that must have been Honoria, my former partner,' said Vivie, finding an intense joy in this link of memory. And she told much of her history to the sentimental colonel, who was conceiving for her a sincere friendship and camaraderie. They opened up other veins of memory, talked of Lady Phoenix, of the musical parties at the Perrys, of Emily Damon's playing, of this, that, and the other hostess, of such and such an actress or singer. The colonel, of course, was often absent all day on military duties. He advised Vivie strongly on such occasions not to go far from Mrs. Warren's little domain. I am obliged to remind you, dear young lady, that you and your mother are my prisoners, in a sense many bad things are going on things we cannot help in war outside this quiet place in november however there was a change of scene which in many ways came to vivie and her mother with a sense of great relief colonel von Giesselin told them one morning he had been appointed secretary to the german governor of brussels and must reside in the town not far from the rue de la loi he proposed that the ladies should move into brussels likewise in fact he delicately insisted on it their pleasant relations could thus continue perhaps who knows to the end of this war to that peace which will make us friends once more 
it would in any case be most unsafe if without his protection they continued to reside at this secluded farm on the edge of the great woods in fact it could not be thought of and another officer was coming here in his place with a considerable suite eventually compensation would be paid to mrs warren for any damage done to her property the two women readily agreed in the curtailment of their movements and the absence of normal means of communication their life at via beau sejour was belying its name their supply of money was coming to an end attempts must be made to regularize that position by drawing on mrs warren's german investments and the capital she still had in belgian stock if that were negotiable at all where should they go mrs warren still had some lien on the hotel edouard set the name out of deference to the germans had been changed to hotel imperial with the influence of the german secretary behind her she might turn out some of its occupants and regain the use of the old appartement this would accommodate vivie too and there was no reason why their friend should not place his own lodging and office at the same hotel which was situated conveniently on the rue royale not far from the governor's residence in the rue de la loi so this plan was carried out and in december nineteen fourteen mrs warren had some brief flicker of happiness once more and even vivie felt the nightmare had lifted a little it was life again residence at the via beau sejour had almost seemed an entombment of the living here in the heart of brussels at any rate you got some news every day even if much of it was false the food supply was more certain there were seven hundred thousand people all about you true the streets were very badly lit at night and fuel was scarce and dear but you were in contact with people in january vivie tried to get into touch with the american legation not only to send news of their condition to england but to ascertain whether permission might not be obtained for them to leave belgium for holland but this last plea was said by the american representative to be unsustainable for various reasons the german government would not permit it and he was afraid neither vivie nor her mother would get enough backing from the british authorities to strengthen the american demand she must stop on in brussels till the war came to an end but how are we to live asked vivie with a catch in her throat our supply of belgian money is coming to an end my mother has considerable funds invested in england these she can't touch she has other sums in german securities but soon after the war they stopped sending her the interest on the plea that she was an enemy as to the money we have in belgium the bank in brussels can tell me nothing what are we to do the rather cold-mannered american diplomatist it was one of the secretaries of legation and he knew all about mrs warren's past and regarded vivie as an outlaw said he would try to communicate with her friends in england and see if through the american relief organization funds could be transmitted for their maintenance she gave him the addresses of rossiter prod and her mother's london bankers vivie now tried to settle down to a life of usefulness to increase their resources she gave lessons in english to belgians and even to german officers she offered herself to various groups of belgian ladies who had taken up such charities as the germans permitted she also asked to be taken on as a red cross helper 
but in all these directions she had many snubs to meet and little encouragement scandal had been busy with her name the unhappy reputation of her mother the peculiar circumstances under which she had left england the two or three months shut up at tourverin with colonel von Gieslin, and the very protection he now accorded her and her mother at the hotel imperial she felt herself looked upon almost as a pariah except among the poor of brussels in the quartier des marolles here she was only regarded as a kind englishwoman unwearied in her efforts to alleviate suffering mental and bodily and meantime silence a wall of silence as regarded england england which she was beginning to look upon as the paradise from which she had been chased not a word had come through from rossiter from honoria bertie adams or any of her suffrage friends i can supply briefly what she did not know rossiter at the very outbreak of war had offered his services as one deeply versed in anatomy and in physiology to the army medical service and especially to a great person at the war office but had been told quite cavalierly that they had no need of him as he persisted he had been asked in the hope that it might get rid of him to go over to the united states in company with a writer of comic stories a retired actor and a music-hall singer and lecture on the causes of the war in the hope of bringing america in this he had declined to do and being rich and happening to know personally general armstrong honoria's husband he had been allowed to accompany him to the vicinity of the front and there put his theories of grafting flesh and bone to the test with the ultimate result that his work became of enormous beneficial importance and he was given rank in the r a m c honoria racked with anxiety about her dear army and very sad as to vivie's disappearance slaved at war work as much as her children's demands on her permitted or even put her children on one side to help the sick and wounded vivie's suffrage friends forgot she had ever existed and turned their attention to propaganda to recruiting for the voluntary army which our ministers still hoped might suffice to win the war to the making of munitions or aeroplane parts to land work and to any other work which might help their country in its need and bertie adams when he realized that his beloved and revered miss warren was shut off from escape in belgium could not be heard of could not be got at and rescued he went nearly off his nut he reviewed during a succession of sleepless nights what course he might best pursue his age was about thirty-two he might of course enlist in the army but though very patriotic his allegiance lay first at the feet of vivie warren if he entered the army he might be sent anywhere but to the belgian frontier and even if he got near belgium he could not dart off to rescue vivie without becoming a deserter so he came speedily to the conclusion that the most promising career he could adopt having regard to his position in life and lack of resources was to volunteer for foreign service under the y m c a and express the strongest possible wish to be employed as near belgium as was practicable so that by the end of september nineteen fourteen bertie was serving out cocoa and biscuits writing paper and cigarettes hot coffee and sausages and cups of bovril to exhausted or resting soldiers in the huts of the y m c a near ypres 
alternating with these services he was like other y m c a men in the same district and at the same time acting as stretcher-bearer to bring in the wounded as amateur chaplain with the dying as amateur surgeon with the wounded as secretary to some distraught officer in high command whose clerks had all been killed and in any other capacity if called upon but always with the steadfast hope and purpose that he might somehow reach and rescue vivie warren End of chapter sixteen part two